Hi, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I'm Philippa Sturt, and alongside me is my co-host, Simon Walsh. Hi, Pippa. Hi, Simon. And today we're joined by Monica Harrington. Hello, Monica. Hi, Pippa. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Simon. (laughs) Thank you. So tell us a little bit about Monica Harrington Fit Form Fashion before we go any further. What is it you actually do? Okay, so um, I started my career over 30 years ago and um, it was purely by accident, really. I um, I took a summer job um, after my A-levels and um, working in a department store. Are we allowed to ask which department store? Oh, there's one in Cork in Ireland, just closed down now. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Did it ago. just close recently? Or? Uh, a few years okay. ago, yeah. It was called Roach Stores. And, <laughs> you um, don't look like you've been in the workforce for 30 years, Monica, so you're clearly doing something right. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. <laughs> the fringe hides a lot. Yeah, um, yeah so, um, and they put me into the lingerie department and it was just really to get money for summer. And, but I loved it. I just saw the transformation, you know, when women came in and they got fitted and, you know, they just stood a bit taller um, and they just had a bit of confidence about them. And I just loved it from day one. I, th- I think in this country, wasn't Anne Summers responsible for that? So, you know, sort of taking lingerie to the high street, right? you know, in a, in a yes. way that the department stores here hadn't done it, and you probably gathered from my accent that I'm not from here, but, you know, it's sort of, you know, in Australia, Australia is way more conservative for, from that point of view. So we never had a, a kind of an Ann Summers type thing on the high street. No, but you've got Honey Burdette now. So. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think Ann Summers just sells lingerie. No, I think <laughs> no, they, sell, I know they, they sell don't sell just sell lingerie. Other but. stuff as well. <laughs> they can't put the other stuff in the window on the high street, though. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you got into lingerie and we'll talk a bit more about that later, yeah. but what is it you do now? Okay, so what I do now is since 2016, um, I've got um, my own company called Fitform Fashion and um, I, um, I consult um, for different brands and um, that's lingerie and sports. And then I... Um, so when you say you consult, what do you actually do for them? So I create training programs um, uh, to teach people um, globally around the world how to um, create um, a fitting experience. Um, and that's not just bras. That could be bras, pants, uh, sports bras. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, a real, it's a real mix. And, um, and just about making the whole experience feel a lot better. So let's wind the clock back to, you said you got a summer job or whatever it was. Yes, got the summer job. And then... Were you still at school at the time? So I just finished my A-levels and um, then deciding the next move. And then I ended up working for a brand. They offered me a job. And then soon after, they, um, they said to me, would I come and do six months maternity cover in central London? I thought, well, this is great. So I came over for the day, met the buyer at Selfridges and Phoenix at Bond Street. And I thought, God, this is great, you know. And um, so I, I said I'd take it for six months. And um, I was looking after lots of different um, uh, different department stores and um, and and store uh, people in the stores as well. And then um, that was it. I stayed. So that was and that was twenty nine years ago. Gosh, that was yeah, early thirty odd years ago. <laughs> but you really kind of just came out of school and totally fell into the job that you absolutely adore. 
yeah, fell into it. And then, but then I, so then I changed, it, it changed a bit as I was going through. So, you know, over the years, um, I, um, I was working on the retail side and that was great because I've got a lot of my training from Harrods and Selfridges when they were really, you know, hot on, yeah. you know, customer service and all of that. So is that where you learned to fit? Where did you learn to fit? No, from? I learned to fit from the brand, actually. Oh, that, okay. um, yeah, so I learned to fit, um, well, first from the, the women um, in the lingerie department um, uh, back in Cork, and then to actually learn how to do it really well. Um, I um, it, was, it was with the first brand I started working with. And, um, and then... From that then, I was working for them for a while in London and then uh, another brand offered me a position, started working for them. Then I went over to the other side and went to the wholesale side of the business. So that was really dealing with the buyers and, you know, working with selling in. And then I had a team um, all around the country. So I used to travel all around to, just, they were all based in stores and I used to, I used to manage them. And, um, and then I found that they needed training. They needed training on how to fit. They needed training on how to offer an experience. And there was nothing really on offer. So I went back and studied and I did a year with um, the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. And um, yeah, and did a training. So, so that was sort of really for you the light bulb moment when you were sort of touring the country and realising that, you know, you kind of, you had these credible people working for you, but they kind of lack some very, very basic skills. Exactly. And I wanted it to be a bit more, rather than just being ad hoc, you know, and you want the same as, as because the brand I was working for at the time, which was Triumph, you know, I said to them, you want, you want it to be the same in every store, you know? So we started in the UK and then from that, then rolled it out globally, you know, to, um, yeah, to Europe and then, South Africa and um, and then uh, into the states, you know. So um, yeah, so it was it was it was great. And um, and then then I started working on product management. Um, so that gave me a different skill set again, and a bit more of both the face of being the face of the brand. Um, and yeah, so that's really kind of where I got to. And, w- and when did you create Fitform Fashion? I created that in 2016. Okay. Yes, because okay. when we first met, you were working for Triumph. I was working for Triumph. I was working for Triumph and Sloggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah two, two, two of the brands. Yeah, and um, and somebody I'd, I'd been to an event. Um, well, I was actually doing an event, and I met a photographer there, and she was part of this women in business. And um, she said, um, "Whoa, why don't you come to Women in Business?" didn't know what it was. I thought, oh yeah, that would be quite interesting. Let's, let's, yes. okay. let's go, let's go along there. And, um, and that's what I did. Yeah. Went there. And then I saw all of these women around the table, all doing their own thing. Oh, so that's interesting. So it was a group of female entrepreneurs that yes. actually gave you the and courage. Me. And <laughs> and Pippa. I, yes. I count you as an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. That's that's quite an incredible story that you sort of, but you must have had the idea in your head before you went to that meeting. And perhaps they just gave you the courage to follow your dream. You've got it. <laughs> yes, you've seen right through me. I did have in my head I, for 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 some time. I kept thinking, oh, I want to do something different, and I thought maybe what I'll do is just go freelance and consult for different brands. And I met up with a really old friend of mine, and um, he used to be at Donna Karen, mm-hmm. and then. Um, 
then Donna Karen had, at that time had just finished as well. You know, she, the, 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 the Donna Karen brand for clothing had, yeah. had finished up and he was just starting up his own business as well. And um, I sat with him and he said to me, why would you want to do that? He said, so you're telling me that you're not going to do anything around bra fitting? And I said, no, I'm going to move away from that completely. And he said, no, I don't think so. Let's <laughs> sit down here and work this out. And then we worked it out over a bottle of wine. Or maybe two. <laughs> Most important. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, what really stood out on the page when we were working all this out on a back of, you know, a wine menu mm. was um, the whole piece around women with breast cancer. Okay. Yeah. So that was very interesting. And then I went back and I did a business plan and yeah, put it all together. But I wasn't really planning on doing all the training side. And it was really going to be just a one-to-one service for any woman that needed me, but with a big focus on breast cancer. But having worked for however many, you know, 20-something years in corporate life, in big brands, in big kind of um, organisations. How did you feel about stepping out on your own and just jacking all that in and doing your own thing? Was it scary? Really scary. And I remember I, for, I, for, when, I first start, when I first started, I sat in the office at home and I didn't have a computer. <laughs> Sorry, this is 2016. <laughs> I Most people have, had computers no, in 2016. No, I had a computer, but I didn't have my computer. Yeah, I should rephrase that. I did you had have one that you'd nicked from your former employer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we had a home computer. Oh, okay. It wasn't a business computer. It wasn't a business yes, computer. Yeah. And I sat there and thought, what are we doing? <laughs> this is really bizarre. And everything felt really quiet because... I was used to a really buzzy office, yeah. you know, which was, the, there was marketing, there was, you know, you know yeah. there was product, there was everything going on. The music was always on and it was, you know, it was just exciting. And they were doing, we were doing events and, you know, there was launches and all of that, you know, PR events. And, and I loved all that and I still love all of that. But all of a sudden I'm at home. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, where are the clients coming from? The phone's not ringing, you've got the home computer. (laughs) And then it's very funny because um, Triumph said to me, would you um, work on our shoots for our campaigns? Because I'd done that before. And they said, as a freelancer. And um, I said, yes. And the first shoot I was on was with Rankin. With um, Julianne Moore, I think it was. <laughs> so it was quite bizarre, it, you know, to be kind of going from where I was, <laughs> sitting on the sofa. Where's my computer? <laughs> to styling yeah. Julianne Moore. Yeah. So I soon, soon, very quickly, I got the computer within <laughs> within a week. <laughs> yeah, the computer was there, and um, and then I was up and running. What would you say your biggest fuck up is basically and um, have you learned from it? I don't think it's a, I wouldn't really say it's a fuck up. I'd probably say it's more. Could you say that again in that lovely Irish little? <laughs> I know, it makes everything sound so nice. doesn't really matter what you say. Uh, I just want Dee to put that on loop. 
fuck up, fuck up. Yeah. I'd also quite like, I don't think it's a fuck up because I could play that in my office on a regular basis. Um, I probably should have, um, like I, I stayed in, uh, in, in, in the, one of the brands for a very long time and I did do lots of different roles within that time, which was great. So it was keep, uh, keeping the newness. But I did get approached by a lot of companies over those years. And I did have talks with them, but I never really took that next step because I was always afraid. It's like, oh, what if I can't do it? And what if I could? And so I suppose if I was talking to my younger self, that sounds very naff, doesn't it? But, you know, I'd probably say to them, just go out there, just do it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you'll make it work. And even if you didn't, it wouldn't be the end of the world. That's the thing. But also, too, I think that there are certain people that uh, like to stay. They feel comfortable staying in the one place and they see the opportunity of moving, you know, from product to marketing or whatever it might be. And there are certain people, a certain type of person that sort of feels that they need to go somewhere else to get that experience. It's a little bit like kind of moving house. I really struggle with this. Like, you know, when I was growing up, we had one house. Like, we never moved. I mean, we moved to England for a period of time and then went back to Australia, but we had one Sorry, house. Sorry, did you take the house with you? <laughs> well, no, we left it there. But it's like, you know, I've, I've lived in the same house in the UK now for 11 or 12 years and sometimes I wake up and think... Time to move. Time to move. move. And then I go, I can't be asked. It's like, yeah, yeah. And then I've realised, I've processed a lot and I think there are certain people who just like to move all the time and in the same way that there are certain people that like to change jobs all the time, I'm not one of them. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm definitely an advisor one of them. (laughs) Having said that, I stayed in my last job about, I'd probably say about, seven years longer than I should have done. Okay, yeah. Because I was too afraid to move because I thought, what if it's all a complete disaster and none of my clients go with me and I've just ruined my career, such as it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's funny, isn't it? You do, but I think, as you say, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's people that just, you're scared. But I don't think, you, there's nothing to really be scared about, you know? And actually, you often have to move to take that next step up. You do. Yes, you know. exactly. And sometimes I think it's interesting when you see people that have moved on and then move back into that company and offer a different yeah. perspective, yeah. you yeah. know. So, um, but I did become very commercial because I didn't stay in just one role, you know, I did move around. So that was, that was good. And Monica, t- tell us then how your business makes money. Oh, um, so um, well, with the corporates, Obviously, yes. So, you know, working with um, with different companies and, um, but also um, the one-to-one clients, you know. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. I'm assuming the yes, quite I don't a bit of money. Yes, I do that for free. <laughs> Actually, she's yeah. very reasonable. <laughs> Hence the reason why you need your invoicing person to make sure you get all your invoices done and, and, and paid on time. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we we, we joke a little bit about that, but it's a really important lesson. Like a lot of entrepreneurs, they forget that you've got actually to run a business, you you know, you've got all this admin stuff and lots of entrepreneurs are really crap at doing all that admin stuff, but clearly you realise that very early on and so you got someone in to do it. So because I am really bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought this is never going to work. And, um, but also I don't, that's not my skill set. I don't want to be sitting there you know, doing that. Um, you know, when I did product management, you know, I, it was the one thing that, you know, because I was in front of spreadsheets and you're, 
you know, you're looking at numbers and I was like, God, I don't really want to do this. I want to be out like telling them all about the products that I'm bringing in. That's, that's absolutely why I have a cleaner. Because you play to your strengths, you don't play to the things you're really but crappy But do you at. clean your house before your cleaner arrives? Fuck no. Hang Why on. Why on earth would I do that? <laughs> Did you tell me that you cleaned under your bed before the cleaner came? I you're cleaned under my bed once I was, because I didn't have a cleaner for the whole of lockdown and neither did I clean. I'm really embarrassed about the this The whole of lockdown? I'm, I'm going to have to admit this. Basically, I didn't clean my house for two years. <laughs> two years yeah. I mean I might have possibly tidied the kitchen table once or twice but literally that was about it wow so, so, so tidy house I'm a sloven I'm a massive sloven and I'm <laughs> ashamed of it Monica what, what do you find most uncomfortable or misunderstood about your line of work I get lots of people say to me could you just do me a quick measurement it'll just take two minutes What's That's the equivalent of a quick of like, measurement. I don't measure. Yeah. I fit. Yeah. But it's also the equivalent of like, oh, you're a lawyer. Listen, I'm selling my house. <laughs> yes. It's exactly, you know, it's like, exactly. no, no, people pay me for this. So, so, so if you met someone socially at a bar, wherever, and they said, what do you do? How would you describe what you did? Okay, so if I was say if I was seeing Pippa, so um, we would have a, a video call. I'd look at her shape, all of her shape, and not just the top half. That, that's interesting. I, I mean, like, I would have just thought you're just interested in the top half, and that's it. But clearly, it goes way beyond. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Because people want pants; they want all different pieces. Yeah. We might do swim, so they might want yeah. you know swimsuits or bikinis, and then um, so. <laughs> <laughs> She's Pippa, you never them. told me when I you went to Athens that Monica fitted you into I wore a, bikini. a bikini once when I was 22 <laughs> years old and it's never happened again. It's probably just under the bed with all the jumpers. <laughs> it is, yeah. So that's not there either anymore. There's holes <laughs> <Yeah>. in that. <laughs> it wasn't a wool bikini. <laughs> It'll be itsy bitsy, baby. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so for example, if I was looking at Pippa, then we'd look at the, the bra she's wearing. Does it fit? Doesn't it fit? How's she feeling in it? All of that kind of thing. And then I'd look at her top half, like from maybe from her shoulder to her bust line and think, oh, actually, what kind of shape would work best for her? You know, is she short from in length there or is she longer? So I'm looking at the so whole... Like I've got a very body. short body. Okay, I never noticed. Between here and here is really short. <laughs> so that's like different from somebody who's Long, torso yeah, is much yeah, longer. yeah. So, Monica, how do you then stop yourself, like, passing women in the street and looking at them and going, oh, my God, that's all wrong? That's a disaster. Yes. Stop. 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 Take your top off. Yeah. <laughs> um, there used to be a time when it would really bother me and I'd walk around going, gosh, that's awful. I don't anymore. Okay. What does bother me is when I'm out, because I do a lot of exercise, when I'm out and people are running and <laughs> I, I, I've got a vision oh, gosh. I've got the vision I'm up in Regent's Park yeah. and I'm thinking should I bring some flyers <laughs> you know just get a proper sports bra like because there's no muscles in the breasts so they bounce that is one of the many reasons I do not run ever <laughs> So I don't want two black eyes. You can get a sports bra. I told you that before. There you go. The thing is, it is really, I can't really explain how transformational it is. If you have well fitting. Wearing the wrong bra for years and then you wear a bra that actually fits and your breasts are like up here instead of down here. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's really, but it makes you feel so much better about yourself. Yeah. Because 
for women, I mean, I suppose it's the equivalent of a penis, really. Women's breasts are the most kind of visible and... Yes, well... Important, yeah. you know, key symbol of what makes you a woman or what shows that you are a woman. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Ori Clark was born and raised right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others get set up and on their way Ori Clark's door's always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. What do you think the hardest thing that you do in your job is? I just embrace everything, you know, and so it just makes makes it easier. Also as well, you know, sometimes I'm dealing with people that are, might be stage four mm. with cancer and end of the day you kind of go oh, I'm so lucky you know yeah I mean from how you've described your business I mean going from fitting Julianne Moore's bra and doing a photo shoot versus being down at the house in King's Cross and dealing with the emotional side of women who are perhaps have just been diagnosed and are kind of coming to grips with the fact that they've got to have a full or partial mastectomy. I mean, it's very kind of polar opposite, isn't it? How do you deal with it emotionally? Because it's very different mindsets, like when you're on a fashion shoot set versus... Yes, because it's all smoke and mirrors on a fashion shoot, as you you know, everyone knows, you know. Like I'd have toilet rolls at the back of the bras so that they look better on the front. You know what I mean? Like this kind of business is one I like, you know, I'm strapping stuff down with sellotape so Uh, it looks better on the back. You know what I mean? Because you're dealing with products and samples and all of that kind of thing. So that's very smoke and mirrors, you know. And But equally, if I'm fitting someone with partial prosthetics, sometimes that can be a bit of smoke and mirrors because what we're trying to do is match... Maybe when somebody is not symmetrical and they've got maybe a reconstruction that's a bit smaller than their natural breast or a different shape, then we're trying to work in like with prosthetics and how do we make it look the same on both sides, you know? Yeah, so that's yeah. a bit of smoke and mirrors but as well. Everybody has different sized breasts, right? Or is that just me? No, they do. Yeah, everybody's oh, slightly like, smaller like, off, so one on is, one side. One is yeah. bigger or yeah. smaller yeah. than one the other. Like one testicle yeah. is bigger than the other or smaller. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, 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 yeah. it is, yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, not that I have any testicles, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've done some research. <laughs> but um, I suppose going back to what you asked me first was, um, how do I deal with it? I remember my early days of going into the NHS and finding it, that I used to bring a lot home. And I had one woman um, who was pregnant and uh, she came to me and at four months and she was making a lot of decisions because she had a baby inside her and they had found cancer and it was the decisions of whether she should be having chemo or not having chemo. And 
And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, and it really affected me. I mean, really affected me. I couldn't stop thinking about it when I got home. I was, and then, because I'm not trained in, yeah, in, yeah. in this, you know, it's so in the, in that side and in the emotional, you know, how to deal with the emotions. Um, so now I, and I've always been a big walker. So um, now if I'm in a hospital, I'll walk home. And, okay, and, yeah. that, and you use yes. that to clear your mind. Yeah, to clear the process. mind, yeah. 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 But now I find that when I'm at Future Dreams, the feeling there is so wonderful that I don't feel like when I come out of there that, oh gosh, it's it's all been uh, uh, quite emotional, you know. Future Dreams is a very interesting name for it, actually, because it's sort of, you know, it's a very positive name for something that, you know, is probably a number of those women aren't going to have very much of a future. Yes, it's, I, yes, I suppose because the, the founders, the two founders was a mum and a daughter, both had breast cancer and both died. And um, it's it's really interesting. And, and the, the one of the trustees, the husband, and uh, another trustee was one of the best friends. And um, she gave up her her career as an architect, a very successful architect, um, to yeah, run Future Dreams. So it's it's a really it's a sad story, but then it's a lovely story how they've kept kept going with this, you know. So uh, yeah. What's quite interesting, or I certainly see on social media all the time, like in my Twitter feed and stuff, you get adverts for kind of like bras that aren't bras, you know, like a bit of kind of plastic or whatever that goes over the front and pulls somebody up and oh, just sticks Oh, yeah, to so like a, like, like a stick-on bra yeah. that that gives yeah. you a backless, strapless look. Yeah. Are they kind of realistic developments in the... Or has have bras pretty much stayed the same for the last 100 years and will stay the same for the next, like, thousand? I think bras have have stayed they haven't really moved on too much in the shape but what has moved on is the technology so they do they're doing really good things with wires they're doing really good things with pads and with breathable fabrics and all of that going back to what you asked about the stick-ons mm. um there is a place in the market for those and they do work for a lot of people um, once you get the right ones and you don't put moisturizer on your body before you put it on because it's just going to slide off, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just, again, about educating someone on how, yeah, how these things work. That was Janet Jackson's problem. She put moisturizer on before her Super Bowl performance. <laughs> Having seen the adverts, I'm just not convinced they would work for the larger They don't, yes. Lady. Exactly. Again, we're back to the smoke and mirrors, yeah. Pippa. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. There's, there's, I often see them, they've created these, um, this amazing cleavage and I think that's not going to happen. What are you most excited about for your business? Um, I'm really excited about this bra lounge, um, but I'm just excited about taking bra the... Bar. the bra bar. <laughs> TM. <laughs> I'll have to pay for that later. No, you won't. Um, you can use it. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about where... The next five years is going to take me because I feel like I'm in a really good place now with what I've been doing. And I've been doing it for quite a few years, as in out on my own for quite a few years, that I feel like I'm I'm established now and people are finding me. And that's taken time. And I think I, if I went in and talked to, you know, new entrepreneurs, I'd say to them, you know, bear with it because... It's not, it's not, it takes time. And don't be expecting, you know, these people that like turn a million in overnight, you know what I mean? That's, 
It's really, really rare. And I think that's the other thing about social. I think people think, see a lot on social and they think it's, oh gosh, I could do that. And I could be, you know, I can be an influencer and I can have a hundred thousand followers and I can get this off brands and that off brands. Do you know, these people work at this and that's all they do. They work in it 24 7, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, there so, are whole production studios oh, that do nothing yes. but produce content for social media yeah. influencers. Yeah. So, you know. You know, and like like Kim Kardashian and Skims, you know, yeah. that that brand. Like, of course, it's going to take off overnight, you know. Do you know what? I've never heard of it. Now <laughs> you're saying it, I'm well, like, what Kim, brand? You haven't heard of Kim Kardashian? No, I've or? heard of Kim Kardashian, <laughs> but I hadn't heard of the brand. What's yeah, it like Skims. she's got a voice. Do you know what I mean? Skims. She's got, yeah, skim. So, you know, she's got anything she's going to bring now. out is going to take off, yeah. right? So Even she's... I've heard of Skims, Pippa, so there you go. Okay, right, fine. Monica, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? I suppose it's it goes back to uh, the the days when I was quiet, which especially at the beginning of COVID, and I was frantic. <gasps> oh my gosh, my business is going down the pan. It's going down the pan, that's it. And yeah, I was given that advice of, you know what, just bear with it. It will get busy again. And it's just about looking then at different things that you can you can do rather than, you know, getting into a tizzy and kind of go, oh, I can't, you know, I can't cope with this. Um, how, you know, this is it. I'll have to go back out into the corporate world and I'll have to do, you know, do what I was doing before and actually take time, take yeah. time out. Because when it gets busy again, it really does get yeah. busy. But also too, fear is a really good motivator. So if you're really f- afraid of having to go back into the corporate world, that drives you yeah. to actually kind of make an even big, bigger success and find out that you can do a visual fitting on Zoom and stuff like that. So, yeah. Sorry, I haven't been paying a whole load of attention because I'm on the Skims website. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> they does quite good, actually. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Uh, they're quite nice. Yeah. They're comfy. But, I'm, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, for someone they're to do that. They're not very expensive either, are they? No, they're not. Top three reads, podcasts, or records. This gives us a little bit of insight. It doesn't have to be three either. Yes, it does. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It does not. (laughs) Um, So I recently read, it's a very easy read. It's called The Midnight Library, and it's by Matt Haig. And it's about this girl, a bit dark to begin with, but she commits suicide. And um, and then she's put into this midnight library, and it's a kind of in-between place. And there's all of these like kind of drawers and she picks a a book, sorry, not drawers, book. And she picks a book and that takes her into a life of, you know, so if she had went that way rather than this way, this is what could have happened. Oh, right, okay. So it's quite interesting because, and it's so, like it is an easy read. It's one you could be just by the pool, you know. Um, And it does make you think kind of, gosh, what if I had done that or... You know, not commit suicide, no, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you know, if what maybe, if I had... If I'd opened that, that door. That door. Right, yeah. Door. Or what yeah. if I had decided not to go down that route and do that? How would that have turned out? So it does make you think. Yeah. So it's a nice little read. Yeah. You'd read it in, in, in a day. What about podcast or music? Podcast. Um, the Coming Storm. So good. It is. was so good. It was. Loved it. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was uh, Gabriel Gatehouse. Yeah. Scary. Um, yes, very scary. About conspiracy theorists. Yes, and then about, you know... QAnon and... Yeah, yeah, and then linking it to the Capitol Hill, you know, riots and all of that. So, yeah. And music? Um, I'm going to say um, the 
become by more cheaper. And the reason for that is every time I put it on, it Your takes car. me back. <laughs> it takes me back to when I was renting in rest in West Hampstead with um, a group of girls and we were 30. And um, those people today are living in all different places. Um, one in Australia, one in New Zealand, one in France. And we've become best friends. But on a Friday evening, we'd have more Chiba on and we'd have a bottle of white. Oh. <laughs> and this is when I was doing my MA. I remember it very clearly. <laughs> this kind of thing. Yes. And it, I don't know, was it more Chiba must have come out at that time? Yeah. And it was just playing everywhere. You know, you go into a bar and it'd be playing and it was like, you know, I am the moon. <laughs> so that brings us to our favourite part of the show, which is the business versus bullshit quickfire round. DQ the music. This is where we reel off a list of key terms and all you have to do is tell us whether they're business or bullshit. If you're on the fence about any of them, you can say biz shit, which is a bit business, a bit bullshit. All right. So, are you ready? I am. Go on. Okay. Diversity quotas. Business. Damn straight. Um, Stand-up meetings. Oh, it's a bit of bullshit because my partner's got those bloody stand-up desks at home. (laughs) <laughs> and I've got one which I don't I don't stand don't at. Use. <laughs> <laughs> Monica caffeine. Oh that's a must. It's a business. It's a it's both. <laughs> it's your world. Yeah. yeah. Um meeting agendas, as in going in with a list of things to talk about. Feels like you're thinking bullshit, whether you say yeah, it or not. Yeah, it's business, but it's kind of bullshit too. Because, yeah. How about hour long meetings? Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, when you say bullshit, it still sounds nice. Um, This is quite an important one. Office dogs. Oh, real dogs? Like dogs that are allowed into the office. I'd love one of those. I'd love a dog, full stop. Oh, you don't have a dog? I don't have a dog. I'm trying to get one. Who won't let you have one? Well, it's a bit of disagreement at home about the dog. How about carbon credits? Really. <laughs> we need a little, uh, Monica, your face tells the answer yeah. before I, you move on. You don't have to say it. Well, they just, it's, so, it's too much talk and not enough action. Mm. Uh, swearing in meetings. Unnecessary. Really? <laughs> 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 um, business. <laughs> <laughs> Hub lunches. Oh, their business. <laughs> but I don't think there's any no. Irish person in the world I know that wouldn't answer that question that way. Um, B Corps. Have you come across B Corps? No, what are they? They're like a US accreditation that where you have to kind of meet a load of ESG targets like, you know, treating your employees well and treating the world well and blah, blah, mm. blah. And you, you basically get a B Corp certification oh, yes. that says yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. a business for good. Mm. It's mixed, I think. The way I'm selling it, it sounds yeah. like... Yeah. yeah, you're not selling it. So, no, that's it. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Non-disclosure agreements. Oh, I've signed quite a few of those. But I do, they are business, so I do keep to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, unlimited holidays. <sighs> oh, I 
there such a thing? Yeah, so a lot of US businesses are doing it, I think, more than UK, but where you, you give your employees mm-hmm. as much holiday as they want to take. Yes, I think my friend used to buy holidays, so I think that could be business. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn? It's a good platform, yes, so it's business, I think. Uh, formal work clothes? <laughs> I like the way you look down then. <laughs> you, you always look very smart. Bullshit, I think you should be able to wear whatever you like, including your knickers or your, your G-string or your pants or whatever you want to wear, your jockstrap. Really? And Brexit. Bullshit. Damn shit. Excellent. Excellent indeed. That's the end of the quickfire round. Uh, you did brilliantly. You got, I was, Andy always says how much people got, so you got... Um, 79 out of... Uh, funny enough, I was going to say 69, I don't know why. <laughs> 79 out of... Because you're um, fixated on the thong. <laughs> 79 out of 80. Okay, so this is where we give you 30 seconds to pitch your company, your book, your podcast, whatever you want to pitch. Okay, so if you want to feel fabulous, you know what? Come and see me. Um, I can just help you get your confidence back, make you feel great. Um, and yeah, so just contact me on www.harrington.co.uk. Brilliant. And it's absolutely true. I can absolutely attest to that. Best I've felt without alcohol in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. And we'll be back with BWB Extra on Thursday. Until then, it's goodbye. <laughs>